Hi, this is Kyle, and I just thought that I should let you guys know before you uh, continue on listening to this episode that we are going to be talking about The Dark Knight Rises this week, and there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, I really recommend you stop this podcast right now and uh, head on down to your multiplex and go watch it. Thanks, and uh, enjoy. I don't, I don't remember. I think it's 25. I believe 25. so. All right, 25. Oh, okay. So our uh, our silver podcast anniversary. Awesome. Um, as you may be able to tell uh, by now, your usual host, Austin, uh, is unfortunately not with us. Uh, I don't think he's dead, but who knows? We're pretty sure. Uh, fairly certain he's not, but who knows? But I, I am filling in for him, and hopefully I will not... Uh, fuck this up too much uh but i am steve whom you may recognize from other uh, such podcasts as i have been around here a a few times at least and joining me are three uh upstanding young gentlemen um would you care to introduce yourselves alex hello i am alex and i am an upstanding citizen right, very good kyle i'm batman <laughs> oh Little, little twist for you all there. And finally, uh, joining us for his uh, third time on the podcast, please give a warm welcome to Robbie. Hi, everyone. All right, sweet. So um, <laughs> on today's podcast, we're going to do a slightly different uh, type of thing. I know usually we talk about music because that's kind of what uh, has joined us together in the bonds of... Uh, brotherly love um but in the interest of saving time because we will be discussing a rather large topic we're going to be foregoing the whole what are you listening to what is new in music that whole that whole shebang and instead uh jump right into the main topic of conversation which will be a film which has recently come out and which i imagine uh most people have seen and indeed all four of us have seen and that film is of course that's my boy starring Adam Sandler <laughs> yes. and Andy Samberg. Oh, it was so good, you guys. He's gonna thought, get the. I thought you were gonna, no. gonna say Katy Perry pardon me, actually. I was well, anticipating that. What I thought was amusing was when I looked up Showtimes, uh, The Dark Knight accounted for like roughly forty percent of all the movies playing today. That Katy Perry movie. 
It played once at 10 a.m. <laughs> oh, that's that's unfortunate. So yeah, now we're we're discussing the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises, uh, actually the latest and last in Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman trilogy, and uh, yeah, so um, I guess let's just start with uh, kind of overall general impressions of the movie. You know, whether you liked it or not. How about uh, let's start with Alex? Uh, what do you think of the film? Love it, hate it, why? I I enjoyed it, but I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little let down. Um, mainly because The Dark Knight, the second in the trilogy, was such a monumental achievement for comic books, um, sort of elevating their artistic value in the uh, through the f- medium of film. So I had very high expectations. And while uh, I did enjoy it, like I said, there were, um, there were many flaws that prevent me from Enjoying it as much as the second installment. All right, good. Uh, Kyle, your quick impressions. Uh, I'm literally just getting out of the theater. Uh, I I liked it. Uh, I thought the first act was a little weak. Uh, I thought it was a little slow to get going. But I think once you find out how, I don't know, dastardly Bane was, that the film kind of took a turn for the better at the I don't know, it's a 40-minute mark or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I mean, I called that uh, that girl was going to be Talia al Ghul. Uh, we should note, uh, if you're listening to this, <laughs> oh, yeah. this is going to be very, away very the big spoiler-centric. Spoiler yeah. Um... Spoiler. If you have not seen the movie, turn this podcast off now. I, mean, I, 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 I guess it's already a little late. Um, <laughs> well, if, if you're, if, I can edit it so that it goes before. I'll I'll, I'll put a little note. Yeah. Like a siren. Well, I mean, a nameless podcast yeah. is going to be probably some pun on The Dark Knight Rises. So it's like, I don't know why you'd be going into a podcast about The Dark Knight Rises and not expect some spoilers. But if you're that stupid, yes, there are going to be spoilers uh, in this podcast. <laughs> And, and the big one Kyle just gave away, uh, so you're already fucked if you've made it this far. I think Sorry. anybody anybody that's played uh, Arkham Asylum could pretty much know right away that that's oh, really? going to happen. Yeah, I, I haven't played any of the uh, video games, so <clears> I, <throat> I didn't really... I, I expected she was going to like betray him uh, in, in some fashion. Uh, I didn't know about the whole Talia <laughs> al Ghul thing. Um, but I, I, she, she was definitely a suspect. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it coming because I'm terrible at seeing things coming. But there are other, <laughs> there's some, there's some, there is some pretty obvious foreshadowing in the beginning that I, that I pretty much saw coming. Okay, well, um, we we all know the scar, right? The scar in the back. Was there any other signs indicating that she might be a traitor? I, I honestly didn't notice any. I thought it looked like the Star Trek logo, actually. Isn't the thing on her forehead like reminiscent of her comic book self? Doesn't he have like uh, a, a? She's like uh, a pimple or something. I, I don't know. I, it's like a I don't red know anything, I don't know anything about the comic books either. Like, I don't I'm, either. I, but... I'm, I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> I don't either. I like movie Batman. <laughs> in his in his many and varied uh, iterations, yes. Well, good old good old movie Batman. And iteration. I was never a huge fan of uh, Tim Burton Batman, which yeah. I mean, 
Oh yeah, that uh, if if we run out of things to talk about, we can like go back Compare. to older films and you know, uh, yeah. The Obviously, movie. there are many differences between them, and I thought that could be interesting. Yeah, for one, Batman shoots a gun out of a fucking helicopter. He's <laughs> fucking badass. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, oh, so uh, Robbie, what were uh, you, what were your uh, just overall impressions of the film? I loved it for the most part. Like I said, there um, there is that foreshadowing that I totally saw coming, and um, you know, by the third act, it. To be honest, it gets it gets pretty predictable, but you know, I I, I still loved it quite a bit. I <clears throat> I probably I probably even liked it more than than Batman Begins. Definitely not as good as not up there with the Dark Knight, but still appreciated it. I have to rewatch it to really be able to. I probably have it. to rewatch it as well. I'm I'm so I literally just got out of theater, so it's I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, you know. So uh. My my impression of the movie was, I guess, kind of similar to your guys, and that uh, I, 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 I think I posted this, posted this on the forums. It was good, not great. Um, I did like it overall. I I enjoyed myself at the theater. Um, I'm I wouldn't say I really had astronomical expectations going in, because I mean, for one, you know, the the third movie in a trilogy is always the worst. It's us. Uh, yeah. Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> Star Wars, um, Indiana Jones, Indiana. J- Wait, no, no, no that's. Oh, I, I do like uh, Little Last Crusade a lot. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm confusing. No, the the second movie in the original is definitely the worst. Return of the Jedi is definitely the first, the worst of the original trilogy of uh, Star Wars, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, that kind of tempered my expectations a bit, and I, I don't like to get too hyped up about things because, because then you do end up, you know nothing can possibly meet the expectations that, uh, that that you want this film to be, which I think was a lot of people's problem with uh, Prometheus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Going on about that. And luckily, a lot of the internet hate kind of shifted away from that. Instead, shifted towards critics who gave this film a bad <laughs> review. Yeah. Um, death, so death threats so I, was, like... I was happy about that. You know, the internet is a constant uh, moving machine. But yeah, so, so I liked it. Uh, didn't love it. Definitely had problems with it while watching it. Um, lots of questionable things, which we'll get into in more detail. Yes. But but overall, good movie and one I would recommend to see, uh, especially if you're if you've already invested in the first two. I'm I sorry. think the Dark Knight will be the unequivocal, you know, best of the trilogy because it is. It, okay. It's on another plane. I would yeah. like to raise a question to the cast about. Uh, All right. The Dark Knight. Sure. Is it not beat for beat Greek tragedy? I think The Dark Knight is beat for beat Greek tragedy in its structure, in its characters, and everything. I don't know enough about Greek tragedy, unfortunately. Same same here. I mean, besides like Oedipus, like I remember Oedipus, but yeah, I don't don't really, I I can't speak enough to about that to say. Yeah, I I, I've never really thought about it that way. Like I, I do have some experience with. Greek tragedy, like I've, I've read stuff like the uh, Sophocles and Euripides and all that. Uh, but but Alex, uh, uh, what what do you mean uh, specifically, like beat by beat? Like, um... well, I would say that uh, Harvey Dent is the uh, would be the main sort of character in the Greek tragedy, and his fall, which is basically the whole point of Greek tragedy, is because of his hubris against the gods, uh, and in this case, the god being the Joker, 
it's that his defiance towards the Joker, who is the sort of this godly figure of chaos and destruction towards uh, Gotham, leads to his fall from grace, which he was the white knight and he became Two-Face. That's basically the whole idea of the film and why it's so powerful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, Greek tragedy is about the gods being dicks to humans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because the humans were dicks to the gods. Yeah, like it, the, Greek tragedy is just all about dickery and, and people dying, basically, when you get down to it, which is a fair amount of the Dark Knight. I hadn't thought about that, but that is... Uh, that is an interesting and scholarly point, Alex. You well, get, thank you, Steve. You get five marks to your score. So right now it's uh, <laughs> Alex with five, Kyle with zero, and Robbie with zero. You guys are going to have to catch up. I didn't know we were keeping score. Neither did I, but we are now. Um, <laughs> so it's just like uh, whose land is it anyway? Where? Uh, oh, yeah, just, the points don't matter. Yeah, you just they just don't matter. A million points for uh, Ryan Stiles. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, so getting a bit more into detail with the movie, which I think we should do, otherwise Probably. this is going to be a short podcast. Um, so a, a an issue that uh, a couple of you mentioned and a lot of people have mentioned is that the first act, uh, sort of like the first 40, 45 minutes, basically up until the first fight with Bane, that yeah. whole first act is kind of weak. Um, so what specifically... Uh, did you guys not like about it, or what made it weaker than the rest of the film for you? If I can speak personally, uh, mm-hmm. I went to go see a Batman movie, and you don't see Batman for the first twenty minutes of the film. <clears throat> you know? No, that's totally fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I guess the idea is to uh, build Batman down and then build him back up, but did they really need to do that more than once in the span of a film? You know, because yeah, uh, I, I had yeah. an issue with that, too. Like, I didn't really understand why Bruce Wayne had to be essentially a cripple at the beginning yeah. of the film. Like, I, I know it's like the Dark Knight Rises. So he has to rise above adversity, you know, kind of become uh, the best Batman that he can be. But that is kind of what the whole arc of the movie is. And you have sort of within the first act, there's a contain mini arc that essentially follows the same uh, the, the same structure that tells the same yeah. story. You know, he starts out right. as a, you know, weakling, crippled, you know, just old Batman. Like, he, he he's an old man. He looks like it in the first act. And eventually he dons the mask, he chases around some people, and then he gets to Bane and gets this shit knocked out of him. Um, and that kind of just sets him back to, well... Even Batman begins at the beginning of the film. Um, it, it's essentially it's essentially Batman begins again, in a lot of ways. Begins you know? renewed. Yeah. yeah, it's Batman um, not at his peak physical condition, but Batman really truly knocked down to the point where he's, you know, laying at the bottom of a huge pit with a broken back. That sort of the first act sort of bothered me in that. What was his real motivation to return as Batman? I mean, he's been away from the game, out of the game for eight years, and he returns just... its It seems so weak to me. I was really expecting a lot more motivation for him to return, to don the mask again, but it just seems so sudden. Yeah, you would think uh, after Bane took over the city that then Batman would have a reason to return, 
but yeah right yeah you'd, you'd think you'd have a you, ideally you'd have a first act uh you know kind of setting up what bane's doing yeah and uh you know just 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 kind of really building that and building the the intrigue and mystery and uh evil of all of that and sort of the end of the first act confrontation would be bane doing something you know bad batman swoops in to save the day and gets the shit kicked out of him and he gets thrown into a pit in the middle of you know god knows where and that's kind of what they do but it's done in a really uh it's it it feels really unfocused the first act was my issue and that's kind of my bigger issue with the movie itself is uh is uh, is a lack of focus which i'll get into more later but but it's especially apparent in the first act uh where you have just uh, it's just kind of like scene after scene after scene of things happening but it doesn't really feel like things happening in one scene naturally leading to the thing happening in the other scene and so on and so forth it doesn't feel like a natural a to b progression it's instead all these like vignettes yeah get linked together in a needlessly complex web is it really necessary for a congressman being kidnapped to be part of the story arc of the film i I totally forgot about that too yeah it just seems I, i know it it doesn't seem like a big enough job for Batman to come out of retirement after eight years to me. Mm-hmm. So kind of the thing that does bring him out of retirement low uh, is uh, Anne Hathaway's character, uh, Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Yeah. Catwoman, although I don't think she's ever re- referred to as that name in the film. Thank God. Uh, you know, which, <laughs> which is fine. Because I, I don't know if the phrase Catwoman has a place in the uh, universe that Nolan made for these films. But then again, I don't know if really Batman has a name, but yeah, a, a place there. But you, know, you, you, you have to have some silliness somewhere. Do people people said the same thing about Bane too, because you know, it's just kind of a. It doesn't seem like an idea of a man who has to wear a mask to stay alive. It doesn't seem very rooted in reality. Well, that's fine. I mean, I understand that uh, you know Nolan's film, Nolan's films. Uh, Kind of what they did is they you know set back set back Batman in a much more realistic, much grittier, much you know darker setting uh, is what a lot of people like to call it, and you know that's certainly true. But at the end of the day, it's still a comic book about a guy who dresses up like a bat and beats up people. So really, there's only so far you can go with the realism, and I'm fine with more comic booky elements leaking their way into the films because they have to in some way, otherwise. Uh, Otherwise, they're just boring. Yeah, speaking of comic booky moments, uh, did anyone else find it completely fucking ridiculous that when he's in that pit, that he can't jump the gap because his soul isn't ready to jump the gap? Oh my god, it didn't piss me off. It was just cheesy as hell. Yeah, literally that whole scene. I was like. You can't do it with the you can't do it with the rope. You have to leave the rope. You won't be yeah. able to do it with the rope. The kid I, did it without the rope, and then finally he gets to the end of that story and is like, "You have to do it the way the child did, no rope." <laughs> like Christian Bale's like, "Oh." Yeah, I immediately thought the same thing at that scene. It was, was very like, predictable. Thanks, bald guy. I'm gonna do that right now. That was definitely one of the more ham-fisted moments of the movie. Or the moment when the stadium is exploding and the running 
the runner is still running. Not no, noticing. that seems awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. awesome, but you would think at some point he's clearly no. not running for his life. If you no, my issue with that, my my only problem with that scene was it got spoiled for me in the trailer. Yeah, like like it, that and the whole the the first scene with the plane hijacking the other plane and tearing it in half and dropping it and all that. Like those were two of the cool scenes in the movie. But they were essentially spoiled in the trailer. Like, I oh, really wish going to this film, I didn't know that those things happened because they kind of lost their grandeur, that I, being that I knew they were already going to happen. Absolutely. Like, as soon as you saw those cutaways of the bridge, you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. That bridge is, yeah. that bridge is going. Yeah. Well, plenty didn't bother me because I saw Mission Impossible on IMAX and they showed that whole entire scene in front of it. So, I don't know. It didn't bother me, I guess. <laughs> But, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's like it's not the movie's fault. It's nothing I could blame on that. It's just, you know, they're just such kind of visually powerful scenes that I really would have liked to have gone into them uh, not knowing they were going to happen. And, and I've had that, you know, surprise, like, holy shit, this is happening. The moment where they reveal uh, Joseph, Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt's character as Robin was totally ridiculous, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You should use your real name. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> I like your real name. We could have figured out that he was the Robin character, or at least some kind of successor to Batman. Without, yeah. oh, by the way, audience, his name is Robin. In case you didn't get it. And then everyone in the crowd goes, ooh. Which, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure his name isn't actually Robin in the comic books. No, it's no. not. It's not. Yeah, that's, no, it doesn't that's even what make I sense. thought. <laughs> but, okay. I think there's a few Robins, but I don't recall what the uh, actual sure names it. are. Yeah, I, Who really gives a like, shit? It's yeah, Robin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that, that was just another scene. Like, okay, no one. Yeah, and I guess that's the idea at the end of the film when he finds the Batcave is that he becomes the new Batman, right? Yeah, you know, that, that's fine, you know. Yeah. My biggest pro- my biggest problem with the movie is that the thing is I think I think that the Dark Knight the Dark Knight the 2008 Dark Knight and even Inception which isn't Batman related but it's related because it's Christopher Nolan and these two these two movies are seen as big game changers or whatever yeah um, those are such daring movies and in some way they don't I I don't really find them to be to be all that predictable. I mean, you can see some things that are happening, but then the movie will just, like, totally shift you in a new direction. That never happens with this one. In fact, the last act of the movie is, oh, there's a bomb going off, and you, you need to get it You need to get it off, and you, you need to, to not, uh, what, what's the word? It's not detonating. It's the opposite of detonating. You know what I mean? You need to stop it in, in six hours. And I'm like, okay, Christopher Nolan's a better writer than this. Yeah, I yeah. agree with Steve, though. You kind of have to suspend your belief a little bit. Like, at the end, yeah. when... At but the, the Dark Knight when... didn't have that strong of a convention for an entire plot. I mean, that was the plot. Bane is going to set off a bomb in Gotham. And there's more complexities to it. I like this. I like the speech that he gave, or I can't remember what, at what point in the movie it was, but he gave this big speech that I thought was pretty nice. But his whole mode, you know, his entire plan or I guess Talia's entire plan yeah. was to just, oh, we're going to set off a bomb and blow up Gotham. 
And, you know, the, the Joker's plan was way more complex than that. The Joker yeah, never I, really had a plan. I mean, let's be well, honest. No, no, he didn't. He, he did yeah. have a plan. I, plan I know, was... but his plan was more just to just be destructive. Like, his motivation... He had a plan, but he didn't have motivations, necessarily. The Joker? Yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree with Robbie. Uh, the, yeah, the Joker's plan was was more psychological than anything. Exactly. It, was, it was about the, destroying the heart of Gotham, um, which, which was the whole, you know, Harvey Dent, Bat Toll, um, character arc, what was all about that. Um, but I, I totally agree with Robbie. And I guess I'll bring this up too now is that, yeah, my, my, I don't know if my biggest, but one of my biggest problems with the movie is that essentially the plot, when you learn what it is, is just a recapitulation of the plot of the first movie is like, you have a member of the league of shadows who wants to destroy Gotham, and yeah. that's pretty much it. And yeah, it's like the reveal that it's, you know, Talia al Ghul is behind the whole thing. It was just such a anticlimactic moment for me. It, it felt like such a letdown because yes. the rest of the film, when you have sort of Bane as the main villain, that what, what he's doing, like uh, shut, closing off Gotham, you know, it's, it's essentially military rule. You know, people are just, uh, it's, it's chaos in the streets and everything. That was a lot more interesting to me. It was like, uh, it, it felt, uh, yeah, um, yeah it, it was just a more interesting uh, plot because you weren't really sure what was behind the whole thing, but it kind of had that psychological aspect to it that the Dark Knight had with the Joker and that he's not just, you know, I'm going to blow up Gotham with a nuclear bomb. He's playing it psychologically and that the people kind of have to, look out for each other because there's you know some citizen who has the detonator to blow up the city if anyone disobeys you know bane's orders you have uh, sort of this layer of complexity under there and then after the quote-unquote big reveal it's just oh we're going to blow up the city with a nuclear bomb that was the plan all along um i'm just following in my father's footsteps and you killed him so i'm getting my revenge on you wah yeah, they yeah I, I really would have preferred if they just had no Talia at all. Just Bane was main, uh, the main antagonist. Because yeah, when seriously. It's yeah. When it's revealed to be Talia, the whole origin story of Bane, of how he was born in the darkness and he's risen from the darkness, and that gives him this otherworldly, like, godly power and aura about him. But when we learn it's just it's Talia, this woman that we had no idea oh, that she was this, evil before. Oh, it's this middle-aged yeah. businesswoman. Yeah. It's oh, like, okay. okay. Well, Speaking now Bane doesn't seem the main villain. The worst part of the movie, and it's it's, it's a small part. I, I don't think anyone else thinks thinks it's the worst. But the worst part to me is that Bane is built up to be just the strongest person ever, the most powerful, undefeatable villain Batman has ever big ever <clears throat> has ever faced. But he's killed by Catwoman when she <clears throat> blows up the door. You think that Bane could handle a small explosion? I mean, yeah. uh, no, it's so very I, didn't didn't he didn't so she difficult. shoot him with? Because she does say something about your rule about guns. I don't agree with it. Or yeah, she along shoots those him lines. with like the front guns of a yeah. Bat, she shoots him. cycle or whatever. Okay, well, well regardless, Which, Bane was just oh, he's dead. Yeah, yeah it like, doesn't seem like more. You know. Yeah, regardless of the point of whether or not he could survive, survive that shot, it was just a really shitty way to kill off the character. Oh, absolutely. Like, as, as soon as we find out that Talia al Ghul was actually behind the whole thing, Bane, 
the story just treats Bane like, oh, we don't need him anymore, so we're just yeah. going to have uh, Catwoman kill him. Fuck it. Yeah, it's, it's not amazing. even clear that he's dead right away until you don't see him again. Yeah, it's like... the it's just it just it doesn't feel it's not a satisfying resolution at all especially as you guys said that he was built up as this you know really uh mysterious uh intriguing powerful character um the dude picked up batman and broke his back over his knee like it's batman we just watched batman he batman does the impossible batman is a myth and well, see, and, Bane and he, has the power to just pick him up and break him. Yep. And and the other part that makes it even worse is that the fight before that happens is so good. The the fist fight between uh, Batman and Bane, while yeah. all all the other shit like the cops are just charging yeah, and that scene was me. incredible. But like, Batman I, just pummeling the shit out of Bane, like just hitting his respirator thing over and over so that the yeah. pipes are bent out of shape and Bane's, like, weaving, <laughs> like, you know, doing that uh, Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi thing. Yeah. that That's fucking awesome. And then the it resolution was. of all that is, uh, Tali Al Ghul, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna stab you in the kidney. I just love the idea <laughs> of, like, a city-wide fist fight. Like, that is, that was just a great visual like all of those people on the steps at city hall just it was improbable but it was it was crazy. awesome oh, yeah. no I mean, they're just duking it out old-fashioned 1800 style just your fists and my fists let's do this shit <laughs> yeah that that was fantastic yeah um, and yeah, and yeah it just highlights len how how much worse the scene after that is yeah um now that we've talked about how they sort of reduced bane's character Overall, what do you guys think of Bane's character? Because when people discuss the ba- uh, the Dark Knight, they always they often refer to the Joker as why it's such a great film. But I thought overall, before the ending, that Bane was a fantastic villain. He exuded this sort of physicality to his evilness. He was this sort of demigod amongst <laughs> men. He was unstoppable. He was always a step ahead. But I thought he was a great villain before the ending. Tom Hardy was really fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. He just yeah. Something about his eyes. He just looked so menacing. You know. That's one thing. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of the comics and in a lot in a lot of the cartoons and other adaptations of Batman. Um, Batman and Robin. Oh. Remember Batman and Robin Bane, where oh, he's just God. like a bodyguard uh-huh. with like no. tubes sticking out of him. Don't shut the fuck up. Don't even bring that up. Dude. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, but but my point is, in a lot of other, in in just about every other incarnation of Bane. His eyes have been covered in one way or another. Yeah. Um. But, you know, they designed him. They designed it so his, um, the new Bane, so that his eyes were not covered. So Tom Hardy could pretty much act with his eyes, and uh, I thought I thought it was incredible. And I, I talked about this earlier, but I love uh, the one speech he gave in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. anarchy speech. Which one are you referring to? Uh, didn't he give just one? Big speech at the, the about st- returning, returning. The big one at the football stadium. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Are you referring about the one in the oh, football stadium? No, 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 not. A, it's in front of like City Hall or something. Oh, okay. Oh, that that the one after, yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. When he's like freeing the inmates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was incredible. I mean, I don't think he'll ever be as recognized as Heath Ledger was with the Joker because obviously it's more of a showy role, but. 
I mean, I will argue with anyone that says that it, he wasn't a great villain. Oh, I, yeah, I, I thought he was. My my issue is more with the way the film kind of kills the way being he's handled by the end of the yeah. movie. Yeah. I mean, that's more on Nolan than it is on Tom Hardy actually being a good villain. I thought he played the role oh, yeah, fantastic. That, that's, that's completely story-related, but no, yeah. Tom Hardy did a fantastic job. And I really like the uh, dichotomy going on with Bane and that he was this, you know, big hulking bruiser, but his speech and inflection <laughs> was like, oh, hello, I'm Bane. I'm going to be <laughs> Hello, Batman. Cheerio. Yeah, he's, he's like, I... I I really like that. Like, I I can see some people not liking that so much. Like, they want a bruiser to be to have like a gruff, manly, like, I will break you. But I, I, but I like that Bane sounded really cultured and and was really well spoken. Um, more menacing to me. Yeah, yeah. It 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 made him a lot more interesting than it, than if he had just been a purely physical uh, villain. Instead, he was really as much of a mental, uh, really just yeah. kind of a, a genius villain as much as a guy who could break your back like a twig. I didn't understand in the trailers why Bane sounded like he had a British accent, but after seeing the movie, I think it was it was to make him sound more intellectual. And that kind of becomes a huge point of him. Uh, I, I don't know how to... It, it kind of just defines his character as a guy who has really deep motivations. I mean, which kind of turned out to be bullshit in the end. Well, or, yeah, I mean, yeah, but that, that's again, getting into the third act, completely fucking everything up. Um, one thing about, but, yeah, one thing I, about Bane that I think makes him <clears throat> um, better than the Joker. I mean, I, I guess I preferred the Joker just for, I don't know. He kind of overtook that entire movie. Whereas Bane, was kind of sidelined by Talia. Oh, sorry. Whoa. When she came, when she came on. <laughs> did, did you hear that? Yeah. I, I accidentally. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I, ex- I accidentally dipped my dipped my laptop a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was weird. But anyways, um, one thing that uh, I was never afraid of the Joker. <clears throat> you know, I was. I I never thought. Oh my God! This this person is going to kill me. Yeah. When I saw Bane, and I, you know, I thought if I saw that dude coming towards me, I would be fucking terrified. Oh, I know. There's how many scenes are there in the Dark Knight where the Joker is just getting the shit kicked out of him and laughing? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. I, I mean, the worst the worst that the Joker can do without any explosives or or anything is uh, make a guy make a guy's head go into a pencil. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Joker's obviously not as much of a physically intimidating guy, like not that kind of scary. But I, I don't know. I found the Joker pretty <coughs> creepy in the Dark Knight. Like his entire like, just he has no real concern. Yeah, over humanity. What, what I really liked about Joker, what, uh, the Joker in the Dark Knight, was just that he was uh, such an unknown entity. Like, they didn't know his real name. They didn't know where he came from. Like, they mentioned all of his clothes are handmade, so they can't even trace that. He just kind of comes out <laughs> of nowhere and starts causing all sorts of chaos. Uh, like, you, you don't know anything about him aside from, you know, what his, his actions and, you know, what he does and what he says. My favorite uh, cheesy moment in The Dark Knight is when uh, the Joker is like, here's my card, and it's just a Joker card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that that's his only 
uh, identifying yeah. thing. And, and, I, and I really like that about The Dark Knight. And, uh, and I like that The Dark Knight Rises also uh, kind of set up being similarly in that you did know his backstory, but it was still kind of mysterious. And like, this is, there was a child born in the darkness. Like, this movie is, at the end of the day, it's kind of just, it's Batman Begins with a better villain. Yeah, and and that's again what was disappointing about it is uh, the way the story just gets hijacked by Ra's al Ghul's original intentions and in, in Batman yeah. Begins. <laughs> and and another problem I have with that is okay, so Nolan essentially reprises the whole League of Shadows thing from the first film in this film. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine, um, but. Then the second film, The Dark Knight, has absolutely nothing to do with the League of Shadows. Like, there was nothing about Ra's al Ghul, nothing even hinting at Talia, you know, nonetheless. Uh, so, like, the, you can you can draw a line between the first and the third films, but the second then just feels completely out of place. Like, if Nolan wanted to do this big League of Shadows, like, these are the people coming after Batman thing, then make that, like, a one continuous arc across the trilogy, and then you kind of have a unified story there. You know, similar to, you know, Star Wars, where, you know, the original trilogy was all about, you know, the Rebels versus the Empire. You kind of have that whole story going on. And all that. And, you know, on the other hand, you can have films like the Indiana Jones trilogy, where each film is kind of its own contained thing, uh, just sort of superficially related to each other. And this trilogy kind of sits sits in the middle of that, and, it, and it's a weird it's place. Yeah. So, yeah, Sorry. basically, if you Sorry. want to do a League of Shadows thing, do all three films like that, not just the first and the third, because then it feels weird. Didn't they hint at Ra's al Ghul in the second film? I, I know scared. I, I don't remember. I, um, just... I mean, maybe they mentioned them, but but it has no bearing on the story. Is no. the thing like like Joker, the Joker is not the League of Shadows. Like what he does to the city has absolutely nothing to do with the League of Shadows overall. You know, obviously their overarching plot with blowing up the city with a, a nuclear bomb. So, uh, but that was another thing I had. But speaking of um, reprising things from other movies, uh, I, I I enjoyed them uh, bringing back the Scarecrow and that little yeah. pseudo cameo yeah. thing. Like that was that, a nice touch. Like like when Cillian Murphy came on screen, like half the audience was like, ah, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. That was, that was a cool little touch. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the last one too. He was oh right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like. Yeah, he was. He was in all three. Yeah, like, does that make him the only villain in all three? Yeah, I think I, so. I forget if Ra's al Ghul is, like, in a flashback in a second. He, but... He's in a flashback in the third, for sure. Well, I don't yeah, know. He's, well, yeah, he's, a, well, he's kind of like apparition that... Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, like... he actually has a conversation <coughs> with Batman. I, I'm forgetting about that scene. I don't know... Uh, I don't know if he... So maybe know if he was in a flashback or not. I don't remember. So maybe, this, so maybe the Scarecrow is unifying thing behind all three movies is maybe this is his master plan i don't in the third movie he was just kind of funny yeah no i'm i'm being slightly <laughs> i i know you are but but they they know he, he was, right was, was like death or exile yeah exile by or, or or death, death, death by, by exile, exile. <laughs> <laughs> i guess the last thing that really bugged me about um the dark knight rises uh was that 
the whole Italy thing and the whole fact that I wish they, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everyone would be pissed off if, uh, you know, Batman actually died. But I, I kind of wish they had the balls to do it, but kind of like everything else, it kind of fell into convention, you know? That ending would have been so much more powerful if Bruce Wayne was truly dead. Yeah, but do you guys feel okay. that a major blockbuster like The Dark Knight Rises could end with a dark ending? I don't think it could. I think I don't people know. just absolutely like, like, cry foul. Thing. Like, like I thought as, it as did. As... They took it away, damn it. They took it away. Yeah, it's like as much as you, you want to laud these films as kind of being a cut above your average Hollywood blockbuster, <laughs> at the end of the day, they're still, you know, churning money machines. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if they could have done uh batman actually dies at the end i'm but, sure there's something that christopher nolan would have liked to have done yeah it's like i i'd be interested to uh, i'd be interested to hear kind of what the uh what the story I, was and whether they decided i bet you was in his contract that he couldn't kill batman yeah I, i'd be interested to yeah hear what the behind the scenes about that was odds are we never will but I, yeah uh, the way the movie ended just seemed I the whole the whole discussion about Alfred seeing Bruce with a woman at that diner just seems like it, it's only there so they could have that last scene make any sense. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's what I meant by really obvious foreshadowing. So yeah, in, in some way I knew that they weren't really going to kill him off. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. notice that it was Selena with him uh, at the end scene? I didn't notice it when I first saw. I didn't it. notice I it. That's oh. what Wikipedia says. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I I didn't either. And then he read it on the Wikipedia. I was like, oh, okay, that makes yeah, that, that makes, makes that sense. makes sense, I guess. Because otherwise, you just kind of drop off her character. Like it's, like the last scene like is her Batman, and then that's it. So yeah. it it makes sense to tie that up with her and Bruce Wayne together at the end. But yeah, I, I didn't catch that at first. Can anyone think of a rational way Bruce Wayne would have survived that? No, it doesn't make any. They said the. They say in the movie. Could have had like escape pods or something. Uh, but they say in the movie that the blast radius is sixty miles or something. But they That's mentioned six, the autopilot. Somebody upgraded it. Remember? Oh <sighs> yeah. Just. But, it was but very if, if we're gonna dissect the ending like this, uh, okay, yeah, Batman yeah. detonates the bomb over water, and now Gotham has to deal with fallout for the next half a century, or. <laughs> I know nuclear bombs are supposed to be a little bit more like he, Batman like, skinning it across the ground at one like, point. Honestly, with nuclear explosions, the initial blast is not the biggest problem. <laughs> it's no. everything afterwards. It's all the cancer. Of <laughs> it's like the, it's like the Iron Giant. He blew up and then he assembled himself bit by bit. Yeah. Like, well, with the Iron Giant, it was like up in space, so you know that's. But... Okay, maybe he got into a refrigerator. It's fucked up when the Iron Giant's conclusion is more believable than the Dark Knight Rises. Isn't isn't the idea taking a bomb like and moving it? Wasn't that in Spider Man Two? Uh, uh, oh, um, it was a a nuclear reactor or something like that. Yeah, like Doc Ock. It was kind of a similar thing where Doc Ock was building a fusion reactor, which is what Christian Bale made in this one. Yeah. wasn't so much, I guess, kind of similar, but you know, it wasn't like they were driving it around the truck or like threatening the city with it. Like Doc Ock was just building this because he wanted it to work really uh-huh. bad. Like it was his intention to destroy uh, New York. He was just kind of uh, tunnel vision. 
I need to do this. Like this, this will work. This is going to save the world and fucks up. And that's why he has to drown it in the river along with himself. So, I mean, both films are sort of sending out weird messages towards searching alternative energy sources. That's true. Like, yeah. <laughs> Scientists aren't going to do anything because they're too scared now. Like, yeah, no, no one's <laughs> going to trust a fusion reactor when it actually comes up. Because, like, yo, this can power the entire planet in the next <laughs> years, and no one has to pay a dime. And people are going to be like, nope. What if I some, saw Dark Knight Rises, bro? Some, some someone... terrorists is going to hack. Some terrorists are going to hijack that and I'm drive maybe... it around in one of three trucks that that an old man is going to have to climb on. And, and and add a little thing that's going to block the detonation signal, but then but then it's going to explode anyway because it's been slowly decaying, and that's going to make it explode within a within a exactly dictated amount of time. If it's um, decaying, don't you think it would become a little bit more unstable at some point? I mean, we're talking about nuclear here. Well, like, I, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about nuclear physics. Um, no, I'm not either, but still, but, like. If something's yeah, about to explode like, in two minutes, like I don't think you're was... skipping it on the ground, and I don't think that's a reasonable solution to your problem. Yeah, but yeah, I, I digress. Yeah, I don't. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't I know where you fusion reactor. You build one. I mean, I I guess under the city kind of makes sense, but at the same time, really, like you have this whole lake bed. Like, can't you kind of? put it far away under there and just send a lot of wires out to Gotham to power it that way? Like, does it have to be in the middle of the city? Yeah. I almost well, forgot that I the know. corniest fucking part of The Dark Knight Rises was when, okay, Bat- Batman or Bruce has come out of the hole. He's back in Gotham. And <laughs> to show that he's back, he makes an oil trail that goes all the way up a building. <laughs> make the Batman sign. I want to see the deleted How? scene. There was less than 12 hours at that point. Painting, uh, painting oil on the <laughs> building perfectly in shape and no one noticing, hey, it's Bruce fucking Wayne. It's a, it's a cool build- set piece, but if you really think about it, it's totally ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like, it's awesome in the movie. It's like, yeah, Batman's back. And then you think about it, there's a nuclear device about to go off in the city in less than a day, and you spent how many hours painting a bat in oil on a on a building? It then like, had to take like eight hours. It had to take like eight maybe hours. It's a good. Maybe it's a good thing you were were gone those eight years. Batman, we <laughs> died because you're a fucking idiot, and you had to announce your back, you egotistical bastard. Can you send us like an e card or something? Yeah, you know. Well, he, he had that thing that, like, access in the second film that, like, access all of the phones and, and shit. Like, couldn't he have just booted that flat up and sent everyone a text, like, yo, Batman's back. Yeah. Little, little Batman. Or like, maybe fix the bat signal. You can fix the bat signal. Could have done that. Yeah. But, you know, I guess a, a flaming building. I mean, I mean, it's not like anyone's going to move back into there after the whole things over because you figure batman was figuring at that point well it says he's gonna blow up anyway so i might as well do something constructive i don't know maybe it's like some like really lame like phoenix metaphor like he rose from the pit and now he's back and he look it's like a phoenix i don't know i bet that's actually i bet that's what nolan was thinking is like yeah flaming bat phoenix (laughs) i'm such a good fucking filmmaker (laughs) (laughs) 
the thing is, he is, and he's better than a lot of the flaws that are in this movie. So I, I was just surprised by a lot of it. Yeah. He didn't want to direct this first, I thought. Like, I, I don't think he wanted to, or what I heard, like, he wasn't really, he didn't really have his heart set on a third film, but they, yeah. I, I got the feeling the studio kind of coaxed him into it. I think he said, well, if I find a story good enough, yeah, I'll make a third film. And I feel like after seeing it, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but again, this is all behind the scenes, behind the scenes stuff that no one is ever going to know of. I gotta say, the best to me, the best part of the movie, and the most, and and probably the most moving part of all three movies, that one scene with um, Alfred and Bruce. Yeah. What when what Alfred got Bruce. me, what got me going was the uh, one of the last scenes where it's Alfred looking over the grave of oh Bruce. And then he starts talking to the grave of his parents. He's like, I'm sorry, I failed. He's like, oh, Michael oh, Caine is I, such a good actor. Such like, a good all actor. All tears are coming right oh, God. now. I cried emo tears at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I didn't. Uh, it's like, every, seriously, Alfred was my favorite part of this film. Like, he wasn't in really many scenes at all but he every was in scene five minutes of the whole fucking was so scene. good yeah it's like oh my god michael kane you are a legend his interactions were amazing i don't know i don't know if you guys are big harry potter fans but um he like, like his scenes even though there's in a, very little of the movie move me in the same way that uh the dude who plays snape in harry potter his scenes were the most moving in the movie, and he was only in a couple of them. Alan Rickman. Uh, Alan Rickman. Alan, Alan, Alan oh Rickman. yeah, yeah. Alan yeah. Rickman. I mean, he had more of a presence in the Harry Potter films than Alfred did in the. Oh yeah. Oh, he's in this Batman film, but but yeah, but not to discredit Alan Rickman because he's also amazing, and uh, and yeah, and, and Snape was just such a great and tragic character when. when I... he, when you learn I'm, his whole story. I'm leaving this podcast right now. We don't call him Hans Gruber and Hans Gruber alone. <laughs> uh, can we, Gruber can we call him really the Metatron? That's also, the Metatron. Ex- that's also acceptable. Um, yeah, so the Metatron plays a really good Snape. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, I also liked uh, Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon. Like he, He's always been good. Uh, yeah, he's always good. And I, and, I, and I like that. Uh, I, I like when he was just kind of climbing all over the truck. Like it's really just this this old guy doing this intense action scene. He's been in the hospital, like the past <laughs> month for months. What happened to Batman's knee? Like, I don't know. Did, was that was that a thing he, at the end of the Dark Knight? Like it, for years. So. No, no, I don't mean like that. But when he's in that hole, like I'm assuming he didn't have that like robot leg. Oh, yeah, just, you know, it's it, it mind over matter. Like, knees entirely without cartilage don't matter when you're a badass who works out a lot. Dude, he did push ups for half a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> half a second of push ups, that will, that will cure I all that. I didn't see it work out his legs at any point. It was all upper body. I guess because he is climbing a fucking wall, but. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you you know how it works out. Where like, if you work out one part of your body really hard, it just kind of spreads to the rest of your body. 
Is like, that kind of like when how chicks don't care if you have a big gut if you got big arms? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it's like I, if, if I if I can punch a metal mask off someone's face, uh, <laughs> he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. A metal mask like attached into into the person's face, like it's it's part it's part of their face, and I'm gonna punch it away. Which that would have been a better way to getting back to Liz. A better way to kill off Bane would be to just have Batman pummels like respirator and it, it, it into his face. They like, just kind of cave it in like that. Just boom. I really wanted because you know uh, what what I thought they were setting up when. Uh... Bane demasks Batman is that Batman would eventually demask Bane. Or, yes. Yeah, that's another way. Like, he, he like, starts to do that. And yeah. He starts yeah. to be like, no, I'm, I can't breathe or some, some, some shit. Oh, let me fix that. That would have been a much better way to, to end him. Even if, even if Talia's presence makes him useless, that would have been a much better way to finish him off than, oh, I, Catwoman shot him. I know, I know Batman's rule is that he doesn't kill, but... It yeah, feels well, it feels like it would be so much more powerful if Batman. Still, you, fi- you, you figure it would have been even that would have been kind of indirect. Like if he breaks the mask, he, yeah. he just kind of broke something as as. <laughs> and, it, and it actually wasn't like uh, I don't think I was keeping Bane alive. Like wasn't that just kind of pumping? Why the hell was he wearing? Uh, an- that was just like pumping anesthesia into him. Yeah, was like, for some reason Morgan. he felt constant pain because of what the other inmates did to him. I, 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 that was kind of muddy to me. I don't yeah. know Bane's backstory, uh, so. And it wasn't really described all that well in the film. Yeah, it. I, I At least just, the whole mask thing. Yeah. What Especially because is... they made you think he was somebody else. Well, yeah. I mean, at least the Joker gave a couple explanations of his scars, even if they probably were all were bullshit. Oh well, yeah, they were all bullshit. But they tried at least. That yeah. was that was part of his character. Was like yeah. He never told the truth. Um. But yeah. Yeah, Are we gonna yeah, basically the, I was uh, just kind of dis- disappointed that uh, Bane wasn't as wasn't as important and yeah, all that. Um, Should we talk about the tragedy in Colorado a little bit? Not yet. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think we can have this without talking about it, but I have a... One thing we haven't talked about much uh, was uh, Selena Kyle. Uh, what did you guys think about uh, her role in the movie uh did Anne Hathaway do a good job was it really all that important for her to be in this film um I, I don't know what do you think I don't think it was that important for her to be in the film but she did a good job because she did Cat- a really good job Catwoman's character is just to you know defeat bad guys or actually sometimes good guys with sex and she's hot so it kind of all you have to do is be sultry and be able to kick people's asses to be a good Catwoman and the thing is, like, originally when people heard that Anne Hathaway was cast, you know, most people were like, what? Uh, you know, like, it was kind of seen, seen as a irresponsible piece of casting. And then when promotional photos came out of her in the suit, it looked even more dumb. So I think everyone was kind of surprised when, you know, she was actually really good in it. Yeah, the Princess Diaries did not like give me confidence that she would be a great Catwoman. It's <laughs> <laughs> badass though. Come on. But yeah, I thought she pulled it off well. I think uh, while she wasn't the best written character, she was certainly better than like the sort of tropic uh, comic book version of Catwoman, or at least my understanding of her. Is and she the while she's Catwoman on film, 
probably, which isn't saying much, but still. <laughs> yeah. She she was she was she did a good job, I would say. Batman's pretty quick to forgive. Right. That's a pretty good quality, I guess, in in a superhero. Yeah. You know, I was gonna say it seemed to me like the whole reason he came back as Batman, or part of the reason was to get his fucking pearls back. <laughs> <laughs> well he got those. So so good for Mission him. Accomplished. Yeah, but she stole mm-hmm. his car. <laughs> oh yeah, like, I don't, I don't know if they ever resolve that. Selena's mm-hmm. just still cruising around in whatever that car was. Um, <laughs> she probably sold it and bought jewels with it. Yeah. I don't and, know if any of you. Thrillers. I don't know if anyone else cares about this, but um, what did you guys think of the Superman teaser? If you guys got it. Oh like, yeah, looks, Man of Steel looks surprisingly decent. I've never been. A fan. Uh, I I know it's just. I don't think it, I've never been a fan of super Superman. I just think it's a dumb character. It's like it's like <laughs> when you're sitting around a playground and you're like, "Well, my well my superhero can fly. He can punch through buildings. He can jump as high as he wants. He has X-ray vision. He can, you know, it's just a kid <laughs> making up a superhero with every single power." Yeah, which which is fine. Um, I, I I think you know Superman's good like that, and that he kind of embodied. That sort of, you know, campy early days of comic books, you know, do-gooder, like this is a guy who flies around, wears red, white, and blue, and punches the shit out of Nazis. I don't know if Superman ever did that, but I'm sure he did. That was Captain America. Captain America. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's kind of describing more Captain America there, but I'm sure Superman also had his fair share of uh, Nazi blood on his hands. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so, you know, Superman works like that, and he works in like the 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 old movies the Christopher Reeve movies because they also kind of have a have that same tone and that uh it's you know you still kind of have your your drama and stuff going on but it's still kind of you know just a nice feel good Superman saving the world type deal and I don't know the, the tone of this film or at least the tone I got from the trailer seems like it's going to do a much more realistic and gritty and we're going to go more into Superman's backstory and it's going to be really emotional and, and powerful and really artistic and I'm just like does Superman really need this kind of treatment? Like, Do you really need to do well, that to this character? Are there not What, what I want of out of a Superman, uh, Superman adaptation is a film adaptation of the episode where he raced against the Flash uh, to see who would go around the world first and I want it to be like Run Lola Run, like that style. That would be really Did, cool. Isn't there an argument between Hurley and uh, Desmond in Lost about whether Superman or the Flash would win in a race? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. It's been okay. I know you're a big Lost fan, and that's why I'm asking. I am. I just haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, okay. <laughs> and podcast derailed. Yeah. Thanks, Kyle. So, uh, yeah. I, I guess it could it could be good. I don't know. It, it's hard to tell from just one trailer, but it just seemed like it was trying really hard. What was the thing? And uh, it was like, come on, Superman. It, it, his name's Superman. How seriously can you take him? No, his name is Cal L. Okay, you don't yeah. get it. Yeah, he's right. That's Fuck his Kryptonian you. name. Yeah. Well, when <laughs> if the movie was called what whatever you guys just said, then yeah, maybe. The but, thing is, uh, the, the thing is, okay, if I could just say, say like one more thing about it, 
it looks very non um how do i say this it looks very non Zack snyder to me yeah there was no slow motion in the trailer i think there was like, when, what? He, when, when when he was a kid and he had the cape there was a little slow motion but uh, it was maybe a little but but i was i was paying attention like i was trying to find any and i, I don't think i saw any so that yeah. that was uh that was a shock to my system I think he makes decent movies when he's not writing them. Like, is he uh, is he writing this one? No, no. Christopher right. Nolan is, and his writing partner is. No, I thought he was just producing it. Yeah, me too. Oh, oh, never mind. I might be wrong. I mean, I mean, his, he, he could be writing. writing it. Partner, I, I don't know. His writing partner is writing it. Did Zack Snyder write uh, Watchmen? I don't think well, so. He might have adapted it. No, uh, Watchmen. No, I think. Well, I know that, but I think Neil Gaiman adapted Watchmen. <laughs> the movie i don't be maybe wrong i'm gonna look that up now so no it, it was some people is uh some guy Doesn't david matter. oh david <laughs> hater david hater and some something alex say. Wait, alex, alex say the, who the, hater who david hater that's the voice of solid snake that's right what? yes Wait. Holy, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's um wow. That's that is bizarre. Solid solid I... motherfucking snake adapted Watchmen. That's awesome. For the screenplay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> There's right. a couple of other like writing credits as well. I think the only uh, I think the only movie he's or Zack Snyder has directed and written was uh, Sucker Punch, which may be the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, I, I heard uh, things about that. Haven't seen it. Yeah. I, I, I regret. I regret every every time I think about it that I went to see that. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I've never been a huge fan of of uh, three hundred. You know, I thought three hundred was kind of a it was all it was all style, no substance. That movie. Yeah, three hundred was yeah. whatever. Which I think I, which which I liked it for a lot. I I thought it was a fine film. You know, not not amazing, but uh, I can like take it or leave it. That's yeah. how it works with three hundred. It looks so cool, but you know, yeah. the whole movie is just oh, it looks so cool. Yeah, and it's you which know, I, I'm I'm fine with a movie like that. Like like if a movie looks as cool as three hundred, I can forgive it not being all to, all that uh, amazing otherwise. But I, I I thought it was good visually and passable uh storily we should probably get back to the dark knight rises yeah um we're talking about the colorado thing because yeah i think we've talked about as much as we can without talking about that all right well yeah so so i I guess i'll leave this since i actually currently live in colorado and uh live 45 minutes away from aurora which is where this happened uh so I, I guess uh, if you guys want to hear my story of how I found out this happened. So the movie ends, uh, walk out of the theater, and <coughs> immediately I noticed that there were a lot of cops around. Like, they're just kind of chilling in the uh, common area there, and there were a couple outside. And, you know, I think to myself, uh, all right, this is kind of weird, but I, I figured maybe this was just something they did for big midnight showings like this. Like, you have a lot of people out late at night, so maybe this is just, you know, what they do. So I walk home, go on the computer, spend some time on the internet, all the while, you know, none the wiser that anything has happened. And then I'm on Twitter, 
And I noticed that the phrase um, Aurora, Colorado is trending. And I think to myself, oh, that's that's close by. You know, that that's just a drive away. That's right outside Denver. So we click on that. And then the first and then the first result there is uh, 14 killed X number shot at the theater in uh, Aurora, Colorado. And I, you know, read through the articles and then uh, find out what happened. And there are sirens going by my place just now, appropriately enough. Spooky. Uh, That's Uh, that's weird. Yes. So so I find that out. And and yeah, so so it kind of freaked me out. And I was kind of going to go to bed before I read that. And then I stayed up a bit afterward because that was uh, a, a little bit unsettling. Because uh, basically all the details where it was at, at that point was just, you know, someone had walked into a theater and opened fire on, you know, a crowded midnight showing, uh, throwing like gas canisters at them. Um, and then he just kind of was arrested, didn't resist arrest, was just kind of here, here I am. And yeah, so it was just kind of a really fucked up story. Um, Did is you- how it was and how it still is did you guys th- see the movie p- before being aware of what happened in colorado i saw it after i saw well, it yeah. after well, too that, that was the thing is I, I i went to the midnight showing like this happened while i was watching the film this was happening someone doing the same minutes thing. away yeah in a practically identical theater like it was a century theater that's the same kind of theater i was in uh watching the same movie uh that those people <laughs> at the same time that those people were when that happened to them. So, so that's why I, 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 it kind of freaked me out uh, when I thought about what, when I heard about what happened was like, it, you know, you think I was just 45 minutes away from the same thing, same thing happening to me, which I, is not, not a lot of a distance between, you know, yourself and that. My original plan was to see it next weekend, but I thought it was important to support, uh, art in a situation like this because a lot of people are going to have the kind of reaction where they want to blame the movie you know and yeah and i just it's it's not christopher nolan's that some psychopath in colorado decided to shoot up a theater you know yeah yeah i I mean i I can understand uh you know psychology behind that like uh if you don't, if you don't want to go exactly back from the movies right away, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it, it shouldn't, and you know, really that doesn't have any bearing on the film itself. And you know, it's obviously it's obvious this guy just did it uh, because this was you know a big public gathering, and he knew if he did this you know in this kind of setting that he would get all the press that he is currently getting. Yeah, he, he definitely was pretty deranged and probably obsessive about the dark Knight too. When you heard about all the booby traps at his house, uh, and the fact that he dyed his hair like fiery red and he told police he was the Joker. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I, I, I don't want to give, I don't want to give this asshole that much credit. Like, yeah. I really think he was just capitalizing on a, you know, the biggest, you know, blockbuster of the summer, like the biggest film, the biggest, yeah. you know, essentially social, cultural, public gathering <clears throat> that that still exists today. Like how, how how many other times do you have, you know, so many people, so many complete strangers kind of congregating together in a closed off environment in in this sort of fashion? And this guy just exploited that um, 
you know, for his own deranged and selfish purposes. Like, I, I, I don't think he should be given enough credit to, you know, link this in some way to the movie or Batman or anything at all. I think this is just a complete asshole who played uh, his cards such that he would be remembered. And he, and that's, you know, what, what, what's happening. It's such I a re- horrific thing to do. Yeah. I oh, realize, I realize that this is a controversial opinion, but I really wish that just flat out guns were illegal. I mean, I know it'll never happen because it's the second amendment yeah. and the NRA is so incredibly powerful, but I really do. I just wish oh, guns yeah. were I, I, absolutely banned. I and that's the other shitty thing about an event like this is when it becomes a platform for, you know, people and politicians and, you know, everyone and their mother to start, you know, spewing out their opinions about gun control and everything else. Like, yeah, I, I also am not the hugest fan of guns. I don't think they're ever going to be completely illegalized in, in the U.S. Uh, but still, it at the same time, you know, there are levels, there are gradations, and I don't think it's necessary for anyone to be able to go into a gun shop and purchase an A-15 assault rifle in a completely legal and hassle-free fashion as this uh, gentleman did. Yeah, there needs to be a background check. You need to list why you need to have this gun and have it be a damn good reason if you're buying something as harmful to other human beings as an AR- AR-15. I mean, He bought over 6,000 rounds in an incredibly short period of time. It's ridiculous. Can you believe that? 6,000 yeah. rounds. That's insane. No, it's like, you know, there there are limits. And of course people are going to say, well, if gun control laws were more lax, there would have been, you know, 50 people in that theater who would have also had guns and it would have been a big fun shootout and maybe the exact same amount of people would have died. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, and that's, you know, well, maybe, again, maybe. again, it's a shitty thing because those are the arguments that are going to be touted out again, uh, touted out uh, again and again when these things happen. And very little is going to change. The I mean, worst, I... the worst thing about this is just a theater is the absolute, like most dangerously designed place for something like this to happen. You know, you know how most theaters you go into, you go down like a long hallway and then the entrance is at the front of the theater. Well, that's where the gunman was standing. So in order to get out, you have to run to the front of the theater or climb that wall. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Or you go to the emergency exits, which... Well, the emergency exits are also behind him. Yeah. It's just, there's no way for those people to escape. It's just, dial 911 as quickly as you can and just hope he doesn't get to you. I'm on the NRA Twitter account right now, and, jeez, they're they're tweeting links to uh, a 71-year-old concealed carry holder opening fire on would-be robbers. Hooray for him. They have a gun of the week hashtag. I mean, they'll, they'll probably oh, have a rally in Aurora in the next month, just like they did for Columbine. Yeah. Because they don't give a shit. I mean, they have they're going to support their agenda, whether or not people, uh, w- whether or not public opinion necessarily agrees with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing is that they can incorporate this into their business model and say, well, uh, this maniac. This maniac almost killed you. You make sure that you're safe and buy yourself a gun. And and the thing is, if everyone had guns in the theater, then 
it, it would have been even worse. Yeah, if, if, yeah, if that, you know that was, yeah. Because but, but people are making that argument that oh, he could have been killed very easily if everyone else had a gun. And that's not. It's not as simple as that. No, it definitely isn't. Yeah, I, I just generally, I just generally don't think the solution to guns is more guns. So just, just kind of in a logical, philosophical sense, kind of grinds my gears. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a really terrible, tragic, uh, completely horrible event, and. Feel so bad for all the people who are, are involved in it. I mean, yeah. it, it's yeah. and 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 nothing is going to ever do the victims justice. Did uh, you... it, it, in a sense, it's just, it's just going to be a nonstop uh, 24-hour media news parade for the next God knows how oh, long. Oh yeah, it will be. Did you guys hear about it uh, that hockey blogger that was at the? <laughs> she was at the Eaton Center a few weeks before. When there was oh, yeah, shooting. I heard about that. No. I mean, it's just it's scary that... And the, talk, talk about bad luck. Huh? Yeah. 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 And I don't want to... She's been getting a lot of exposure for that, like more than the other victims. Uh, and I think anyone at that tragedy really deserves to be remembered. Yeah, and, but... Well, not, no one is going to be remembered except the guy. Except the guy that did it. And I, I'm not even going to say his name because I, I don't want to. I don't want to dignify him with an identity uh, aside from a maniac asshole with no regard for human life and who should be locked in a pit somewhere in the middle of India I, for I, all eternity. I did see on Twitter that there was somebody being harassed for having the same name. Uh, he, yeah, it's so you know that's in Colorado, and people were harassing him. He clearly yeah, that's the a, same guy. That's that's a that's the kind of thing that that you're, you're just going to see these stories. People who have the same name who are now going to get harassed. So there's going to be videos of him surfacing, doing some mundane activity that's going to be the focus of of, of a whole day. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a big whole shitty thing, essentially. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Yeah. I, I there's nothing you can say. I mean, it's just some very deranged human being did something that nearly a hundred percent of other people would never dream of doing. But there's all it takes is one person that has the I don't I don't know the motive in the the horrible conscious to actually carry out something that heinous on other human beings and I nothing's mean, going to be done to stop it in the future no nothing's there's nothing you can do to stop somebody that can do that the only thing you can do is like what alex said repeal the second amendment well i found i i, I read a good i think this was a good tweet that said uh i i wish it was as easy to get you know good mental health care as it is to get a gun yeah i saw that yeah like, like just abandoning the whole ban or don't ban guns thing. Like, well, if maybe if other things were just better or easier to do than something which whose only purpose is to annihilate things, that could be that could be a good direction in which to move. But uh, this... but 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 again, again, it's uh, yeah. 
this country bans two things gun or this country bans affordable health care but guns are extremely easy to get that's where we live yep it's just well on that uh should we talk about yeah. shut up and play the hits now i i need to i need to pick me up You both saw uh, the new LCD sound system concert bio, what uh, whatever pick. Um, <laughs> I, I, I haven't, yeah. but I'm here about it. So how was it? Do you want to start, Rebel? Really yeah, <clears throat> I thought it was really great. Um, <clears throat> they, I, I like how, yeah, I, I like how they showed some songs the whole way through because nothing bothers me more than in a music documentary, at least when it's about a concert or something, they only show bits and pieces of songs and they never show a song the whole way through. And they show like five or six, something like that, songs yeah. the whole way through. I like that a lot. And I, and um, Including it, ending the film with like that 15 minute rendition of uh, New York, I Love You, which is the only way that film yes. could have ended. Yeah, it's the only way that it, exactly. I'm like, if they don't show New York, I, New York, I love you. I just, how could they, how could they end the movie any differently? Um, and you know, I never, I never quite understood uh, James Murphy. Um, I mean, I guess he's a little bit of an, of an enigma of a person, but yeah, um, it, it feels like you know, after watching that movie, it's like you, you kind of have a personal relationship with him. You know, it's really, it gets really intimate with him. And I like that a lot. Oh, I know. And the most powerful scene in that movie is uh, when he goes into the storage facility to look at all the rented gear. And, just breaks down. and he just breaks down and starts crying. And it's... I Before I saw the movie, I've been pretty adamant that I don't really think that LCD sound system is broken up. I think it's a publicity stunt, and then we'll get another LCD sound system album in a couple years. After seeing it, I was an idiot. I can't question James <laughs> Murphy. I can't. He he meant it. He did. Not, he's not putting out another LCD sound system. I know there's rumors right now that they might do a track, but for all intents and purposes, that band is dead. And I truly believe that. Yeah, yeah. The, this and they could even. <laughs> I, I know we kind of had a recent argument about the refused reunion and what that means. Yeah. But I think I think if there was an LCD sound system reunion, that would be even more offensive. Yeah, he's already the age of the guys in refused right now. Yeah. You know? Without and, without giving away too much, uh, could you just briefly summarize why? Uh, he broke up the band. Is it like an existential thing? Like he's getting up there. Honestly, well, I just think he's too old kind of, yeah. to to be in. The, what is he? He's like forty five, right? He's, I don't think he's forty five. I think he's like forty one or forty two or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he's, he's not that old. Um, I I haven't seen the movie, but the impression I got uh from kind of reading about him was uh, he wanted to end the the band end the project while it was still good and not yeah. sort of just kind of drive it and until it uh 
collapses out of sheer uh, exhaustion of ideas and people and all that. But I really figure, respect that. Yeah, I you figure LCD Sound System has put out three uh, excellent LPs, um, and that, and that's it. Um, and and I and I really respect artists who do that uh, sort of end their projects while they're still you know amazing while they're still good uh, without uh having to deal with the kind of the inevitable de decline in quality that seems to uh that seems to purvey uh a lot of projects it's kind of like uh i always go back to the example of the, the office like the original uk yeah. office was just yeah. two seasons of six episodes each and <clears throat> then they kind of wrapped everything up with a hour-long christmas special something like that and, and, and that was it that was the whole story and those two seasons and that special are all excellent. Like every episode is hilarious. Uh, there's a good uh, number of like storylines that let, let, let come and go. Uh, everything feels resolved at the end and it's, it's satisfying. It's like, you know, yeah, it would have been nice to see more of these characters, but what I did see all, all that I did see, uh, I'm content with that. And I think it's really excellent as opposed to a show like the U S office, which has gone on for, I don't know, seven, eight seasons now. And yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't really watch it, but from what I hear, you, you know, uh, Steve Carell's totally gone now. Yeah. And it's feels, I think it's like a it's, totally different show. Essentially. It's a different and... show, but I wouldn't say it's a bad show. Like it's not Whitney, but, <laughs> but it's never going to be what it was. Right. Exactly. Um, so, so that's the impression I got from James Murphy, or the impression I got of James Murphy while he was doing this, but I don't know if the film revealed anything else. Yeah, I... I James Murphy is also... Well, um, one thing he says is that he just wants to do different things with his life, you know? Yeah. Uh, right, he, yeah. He was, in his, he was in his mid-30s when the band even happened, or maybe not the mid-30s, mid but he was in his 30s when the band happened, so he did things before the band, and he just wants to move on to different things. He wants to have kids and a family and all that fun stuff. I, yeah, James Murphy said he's losing his edge in what? When he was 35? Yeah, like, that was 10 years ago. Yeah, that's 10 years ago. Like, wh where's his edge now? You know? He, he's, 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 he's 42. He's, <laughs> he's 42? So yeah, he's 41 when the movie is taking place, when he decided yeah. to break up the band. Uh, it, yeah. I don't know what more to say, really. There, there's some really beautiful shots in the film. Uh, the, I don't know if you noticed, Robbie, but there were a lot of shots where they uh, like scaled up the camera towards the ceiling of Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and yeah, it just I that. it just made it look like such a big film, uh, like such a big event to think. Yeah, this is the end of LCD Sound System, but it's also the biggest concert that anyone here is ever going to go to for the rest of their lives, probably. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I have to say, the live performances are fucking astounding. And I never realized that LCD was such a uh, an amazing live act. And the thing is, like, <clears throat> I would never say I was a casual fan of LCD's music. Uh, I can say I really, really liked it. But I was never completely in love with the, in love with the band. But ever since I've seen the movie, I've just been listening to them way more, and I... <laughs> so much more of an appreciation for them. I'm so, 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 so jealous of Josh. I don't know if you guys know this, but Josh, oh, yeah, he went Josh was there. <clears throat> I could have seen LCD in a town right next to me two years ago. Uh, uh -huh. 
Fuck. I, I don't think I ever had the opportunity. But yeah, I, I, I never could have, which doesn't make me feel all that better. Like, I, I would have liked to have seen them alive, but I never really had much of an opportunity. They look like such a tight live band. Like, Oh, yeah, I bet. How much of a movie is, like, concert footage and how much is behind the scenes? It's probably about 50-50, I'd say. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, It's kind of... There's not really a narrative. Like, it it goes from before the concert, after the concert, and obviously during the concert. Uh, But it's kind of... uh, It's kind of all uh, sewn together with this interview he did with... uh, I don't... Do you know who the interviewer was, Robbie? I have no uh, I don't know either, but he like th- this guy is just talking to James about his uh, motivations for ending the project, uh, and I think at one point he even says, "Losing uh, your edge." He he directly he directly asked James like, "Why are you ending the project?" And he doesn't. James Murphy doesn't really answer the question, and even calls him on it. Yeah. And uh, I don't quite remember what the resolution was. Do you remember, Robbie? What what did he ultimately say? The reason for ending the band was kind of the various different reasons we kind of are enlisted. Yeah, you know. And he's got a bulldog, uh, and it's he's got an adorable bulldog, James Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Which he brought. Did did he bring the bulldog to work? Uh, I don't know. He definitely. I think he brought it on the subway, which was awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say, there's also kind of a there there there's a sense of power in deciding to end something, and and making that decision instead of having it made for you. Yeah, ending something on your own terms is such yeah. such a better uh, outcome than ending something on because you got too old or you you died on stage or you overdosed on heroin like uh, Gigi Allen or. Right. <laughs> He ruined that career. Genius. Yeah, he sure did. So much potential. If only he had ended on his own terms. He'd be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right now. He sure would. Yeah. All right. Well, that's right. Uh, that's an hour and a half of material about right there. Sure I think we'll get the class after editing, but I yeah, think it's and... time for us to do lightning round. Oh yeah. Oh, Can I, we fit I, it in before Breaking Bad starts? Yeah, fifteen minutes. You got fifteen minutes. It's a lightning round, damn it. Alright, alright. I'll better live up to its name. Zach Hill. Uh, uh, fuck. Z- Zach Hill, I guess. Mm, Bradbury Cox, only because I'd like to try on his clothes because he's such a weird frame. <laughs> I'm picking Bradford Cox too, but but only because I want to punch him in the face. Oh. Sure done with that. I hate both of those people, but... <laughs> Zach Hill makes better music, so I'm like, oh, all right. All right, next one. Okay, uh, choose your own apocalypse. Uh, zombies, robots, or a nuclear holocaust? Robots. Robots. Zombies. 
I'm picking I'm picking zombies, but I think I think a nuclear holocaust is the ideal situation. I'm only picking zombies because I want to know if I can survive. Like I, I need to know that. But yeah, I, I just feel like a zombie. Uh, I feel like a zombie apocalypse is so passe. But if it's if it's a nuclear holocaust, like it's over. You're you you don't feel anything. It's just I want a chance. Yeah, you want a chance? That's what you want? Robots, <laughs> I feel, would eradicate humans pretty quickly. Yeah. Zombies are dumb. We can at least rely on that. I feel like if there was an actual zombie holocaust, uh, I think, like, in a week, like, everyone would just be going to their commute to work and, like, bringing a shotgun and shooting a zombie on the way on their way, on their way to work. You know? I feel like I feel like we could get used to zombies being everywhere. I don't know. Zombies on our podcast. Well, it, it, it all depends on how many zombies. Because zombies aren't about, you know, it's, it's not that there's just one zombie. It's that there's a shitload of zombies everywhere, and they're all <laughs> just kind of relentless. The the worst thing is I probably couldn't listen to music outdoors anymore with headphones on because you need your uh, peripheral hear, hearing. Oh, that would suck. Yeah, so you can't, a zombie could sneak up on you if you were listening yeah. to music or something. All right, can we do one more? Yeah, I, I've got a lot more than one more, but if you want to just... A couple more. A couple more. Really. Okay. <laughs> you can only listen to one Beatles album for the rest of your life. Which one do you pick? Magical Abbey Mystery Road. Tour. Revolver. No, I said Abbey Road. Oh, you said Abbey Road? No. I'm picking oh. Rubber Soul, so we all have different answers. Ooh. Uh, all right, this is my particular favorite one. Uh and I wrote this before the tragedy in Colorado, so I'm not a terrible person. If the wound was non-life-threatening, would you rather be shot or stabbed? Um, uh, You're going to live. Right. No, I get what the question is. Uh, I, I guess shot. What leaves a cooler scar? Interesting to... <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, stab wound you figure would leave something rather relatively, uh, you know, kind of long and slender. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know exactly what a bullet entry wound, how that scars over. I'd go off on the air, like at airport TSA checks. That would be inconvenient. No, I, I think, I think a bullet scar is cooler because it, it does like uh, your skin's gonna be all rough there, like it's yeah. gonna look all gruff. And, I guess it depends on the kind of bullet. Like, like, are, are am I getting shot by like a handgun or by like buckshot? Uh, well, buckshot would be lame. Your choice, your choice, Steve. Yeah, I, 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 if I, if I'd survive, buckshot, I, I want to see what that feels like. <laughs> like that would be that cool scar. That's lame. By uh, the way, guys, my pick would be uh, shot. I'm going with stabbed, uh, because my feeling here is that it's gonna hurt less. Yeah, a but bullet, don't a bullet. But if you're gonna often, live. If yeah, you're gonna yeah. live, why wouldn't you want it to hurt more? Like, like, why settle for the thing that's gonna hurt less? Like, I know. go all the way. I know, but a bullet, like, as soon as it hits you, it turns to shrapnel, and often it goes all the way through you. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of cool, though. No, yeah. that's that's exactly why I'm picking getting stabbed because odds are, odds are, unless it's like a machete, it ain't going through. Well, you don't if, stab if, someone with a machete. If, if you want to pick the boring option, yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm picking the boring option because I want to pick the less painful option. And I think getting stabbed would be better in that regard. 
Because it's it's just cleaner. It's a cleaner wound. I just want to say that I've been shot. Have you? Oh, really? No, 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 no. no. I just want to say that I have been shot. Oh, okay, okay. I think I would have said that first if, <laughs> yeah. if it actually like, happened. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie, I felt, Robbie I felt so bad. Knows how getting shot feels. I felt so terrible for like a moment. Like, oh, here, like, here I am, glamorized. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm talking uh, to someone with actual like scars, mentally and physically. Oh my god. <laughs> Alex, did you pick one or the other? Uh, I'm gonna get shot. All right. All right. Next one. Choose your childhood. Uh, the Goonies or Stand By Me? Like, you're one of the kids in one of those movies. Which ones do you pick? Oh, Goonies. Uh, well, if I pick Goonies, it's, it's obvious which one, which one I'd be. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I'd be Chunk. And I don't want to be Chunk, so I'm picking Stand By Me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. The, the Goonies, like, those kids had a, like, they're going to take away their town. You know? Yeah, but then they, they, they save them. Yeah, I know, but they're not they're not growing they're, up. They're, awesome. they're not growing up in a life of privilege. Oh, the kids in stand by me. Privilege. I have privilege. I'm white, male, middle class. I got all the privilege I need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't seen either, so I'll just be the Asian stereotype that you Oh that's a guy I want to be. Okay, Dana. <laughs> all right. Uh Tomorrow they they uh, kill switch either Netflix or Hulu. Which which one do you want to keep? Uh, keep Netflix. I, I use that way more than Hulu. Yeah, but Hulu yeah. has the advantage of being free, so don't forget. I, I yeah. used Hulu. I used Hulu for the first time in almost a year today to watch uh, spoilers with Kevin Smith, which I surprisingly liked. But is that good? I was wondering. I haven't seen it. It was. It was. Yeah, it was good. Probably because Kevin Smith. I'm assuming he isn't doing it while high. <laughs> he might be. He might be, but uh, yeah. I'm going with Netflix too because most Hulu stuff you have to be Hulu Plus, which is effectively paying for it. <laughs> yeah, that's so, that, that's a thing. Is yeah. like, yeah, there's free stuff on Hulu, but not a lot. Like you, you, you luck out, and there are cool stuff. Like uh, I think Fireflies on there, and yeah, yeah but. Like, the thing that is free on Hulu is the newer stuff, the stuff that just aired. Yeah, that's still. I I just go Netflix because. Uh... Yeah. All right. We'll yeah, do... I'm, I'm I'm white male middle class. I can pay for that shit. We'll we'll do we'll do one more, and I'm gonna skip number eight because it's really terrible considering what just happened in <laughs> Colorado. All right, uh, skip that one. I want to buy one of your kidneys. I I just want one of your kidneys. <laughs> How much? Oh gosh. Um. Yeah, I don't know what the going rate for kidneys is on the. Well, it's not the, the going rate. It's what you oh. you need to sell one. What this do you is need? The strangest fucking question I've oh, ever that's, gotten. That's why um, that's why the segment's genius, and we need to do it. I'm gonna go. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, seven hundred and thirty-seven thousand. <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys? I don't really. I haven't thought about this at all. So. I want a million just so I can say I'm a millionaire. <laughs> Honestly, I I I don't know. I I really don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, like like take me to uh, take me to the movies or something. <laughs> I don't know. It 
it depends for me. Like if if someone's like, uh, uh, this kidney's going for to help someone who really needs it, then I'd be like, all right, give me like five hundred bucks. But if it's just like some rich guy, that I want to have a kidney, wants, yo. If it's somebody who wants a third kidney or something, <laughs> <laughs> just just in case his first two fail, uh, I'm. I need to be financially financially set for the rest of my life in order to give away a vital organ. So I think, I don't know, like, I'm going to go like $100 million. Enough money that I'd never have to worry about it ever again. And All right. And, and $100 million. So. All right. So that I have more, but I think that's a good enough place to end. It's, we'll save that for another day. Yeah. All right, uh, cool. Uh, yeah, that was that's was, that was fun. Fun little divergence. Uh, all right. Uh, so, um, guess any last thoughts on Dark Knight Rising? It was it was good. I, I don't was good. I feel like we were a little bit too hard on it. It was really good. It's better than most comic book movies, but there were some problems. Yeah, I was exactly. not, not not perfect. <laughs> not entirely satisfying, but as a conclusion to a uh well-loved trilogy you know it it's good it it's serviceable and it, it's definitely not terrible in any means and it's worth noting that it did make me cry twice which is more than yeah like just like if, if for some reason you've been here listening to this and have had the whole thing spoiled but still want to see it uh go see it uh because yeah the scenes with alfred are absolutely heart-wrenching yeah, in the in the scene where Batman, you think he is committing the ultimate sacrifice, you find out later he isn't. But that got to oh. me too. Uh, on rewatching, I probably won't because I know he winds up living at the end. But yeah, yeah. just yeah, both the big scenes with, with uh, Michael Caine, yeah, are incredible. Yeah, yeah. Basically, my my review for The Dark Knight Rises is Michael Caine, two thumbs up. All right, so uh, thank you for joining us on this uh, 25th edition of Your Podcast Opinion is Wrong. I've been your stand-in host, Steve, and I vow hopefully never to do this again, um, but we'll see. And, uh, yeah, thanks for watching, and if you gentlemen would like to say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right, this is uh, Your Podcast Opinion is Wrong. Signing off. Thanks for listening. Can I see what's going wrong with me? I used to have it all, now I'm alone. I never say I'm better off this way. I need something to do, somewhere to go. I need time to stop moving. I need time to stay in.
really good, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a wrap. I just that that went surprisingly well. <laughs>